Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. Rob, I got some exciting news today, man. This oh. has been a long time coming. And Let's hear uh, it, brother. Let's hear I, it. Lay it on me. You know how excited I am about this. Bona Adhesive, we're excited to announce, has earned the Green Guard Gold certification on its full line of wood flooring products. Wood flooring adhesive products. That you get applies. many bells. Many bells for that one. Yep. It applies to all bonus silane wood flooring adhesive, including the R851, the 850T, and the 859, as well as the R880. This is a big deal, Rob. We're the only adhesive manufacturer in the industry that has this, uh, achieved this rating. And uh, also for builders building with lead, you know, looking for lead points, it is, uh, this, this is a huge deal. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it used to be, it's, it's the Green Guard Gold, formerly known as Green Guard Children in School Certification, offer, offers a stricter certification criteria than the pre previous Green Guard Gold cert certification. So this is, this is really big. Not only is it zero BOC, but you know what it does? It just, it, you know, it talks about, you know, how much we care for the indoor environment of the customers. And, uh, you know, hardwood floors, or, well, flooring takes up more surface in a home than probably any other surface other than perhaps the, the walls, right? So they have an outsized effect on indoor air quality. So being able to offer Green Guard Gold and being the only one in the industry that has this has been, uh, uh, we got some great chemists at Bona. I mean, just that, that work for us. I mean, the really renowned chemists that uh, uh, I am, it's an honor to be able to uh, work with these guys. So big deal, Rob, we're thrilled about this. Uh, it's a huge deal too for our contractors. I mean, you know what I'm gonna say here, everybody knows it's coming. This is just another great upselling opportunity for everybody. I mean, now you're even upselling the glue and why our adhesives are so much better than the other ones. And that's one of the things is, now that we have the Green Guard Gold, like I said, upsell opportunity. Yep. Yep. And, and it's just as a company, our, our, you know, our, our whole, um, our whole DNA is, 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 is sustainability. Right. And um, this is something that we put a lot of money and effort into, and um, it's just really ex exciting to be able to, like you said, to offer to our contractors and offered for the, to the homeowners and for retail stores to be able to, to, you know, uh, you know, and, and I think anytime changes in technology take place that, that not only are, are, are better for the industry, but better for the environment. I think it's uh, to be able to offer to our customers is huge. So big, big, uh, big deal for us. Big news. All right. Also, we're gonna to talk today on why wood floors make us healthy and happy. As compared to a polyvinyl carbonate floor. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, yeah like a luxury floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those luxury, yeah. Before we get started on this, you 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 mentioned before that you've been in this industry your whole life. You're what a fourth generation hardwood floor guy. Fourth generation, yes. Okay, and this is all you've known in your working world. It was hardwood floors, right? Listen, I you everybody knows, everybody knows the deal. When you know you're in second grade and the teacher said, write an essay what you want to be, astronaut, president. Not me. I wrote the essay on being a hardwood floor man. Do you know what I wrote down? What did you write? I wrote down cowboy. 
I was so sure that I wanted to be a cowboy that the book went up to the 12th grade. And then I think the second grade, I went through all 12, uh, all 12 years, I wrote down cowboy. Why? I wanted to be a cowboy. No reason for it. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that back in those days, oh, well, the Lone Ranger was my guy, man. I mean, with the mask and the two six guns, man, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was thinking, um, I was thinking the other day how many jobs I've had in my life, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read them off to you, okay? All right. My working world, which started at seven years old. At seven years old, I got up at 4:30 in the morning, and I was a milk boy, in England, living in England. I delivered milk every morning. At seven years old. Seven years old. Yep. And seven. Then, uh, huh? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Second grade. Uh, whatever you are in the second grade. I was seven years I'm, old. I remember... I'm pretty sure seven years old is second grade. Okay. So <laughs> from there. Did you uh, own we, cows or something? No, we lived in England. But in, in England, they, would, they used to have the three-wheeled carts, the electric carts. And you had a milkman, and then all the milk were in bottles. And they had, right. they had either a silver cap a red cap or a gold cap. The gold cap had the most cream in it. You could see it. I mean, they'd have like two inches of cream at the top. Then the red had a little bit less cream and the, 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 you know, the silver cap hardly had any cream at all. And I would deliver them door to door, okay? I'd run alongside the milk cart and he would just say three golds and two reds or whatever, or two silvers or whatever. And then on Fridays, I'd have to collect the money for him. And the little American lad would uh, sometimes get a tip from the old ladies or whatever, you know, as I gave them their, their bill. So instead of being like a paper boy, you were delivering milk. Oh, I was a paper boy too. But yes, I delivered milk. Okay. I moved to Ireland after that and I, and I delivered turf. You know what turf is? It, peat moss. Peat moss. If, right. you, if you, back in the days, it's not like that anymore. But in Ireland, one of my, you know, you know how smells, you, you know, the smells remind you of things in the past or whatever. Yes. Um, I used to love the smell of turf in Ireland. Um, everybody put it in their chimney, in their fireplace, and that's how they would keep their houses warm. And it actually, it's, it's peat moss. It came from, I don't know, millions of years old or whatever. But it's big pieces of turf that I would deliver in a wheelbarrow door to door so that they could heat their houses up. From there, I, I had a newspaper. I delivered newspapers. In, uh, in, in, uh, what did you do with all this money? You've been earning money since you were seven years old. My fishing poles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's true. I forgot what Judy said. From there in, in Michigan, I, I delivered newspapers on the weekends, but I mowed lawns and shoveled snow. From there, I moved to Kentucky and I worked in the tobacco field. Then I worked in the hay fields. Then I sold night crawlers uh, as a side business. Then I worked in a Dairy Queen, which is my, my most short-lived uh, job. I got in a fight, and that was the end of that job. Um, with Who, who'd you get in a fight with? A co-worker. Uh, he had it coming. Who won? Um, huh? I did. Who, who I won? Did. Well, well, we I did, but we lost. I mean, we both got the can. <laughs> Actually, the guy hired me back. And when he hired me back, he said, Wayne, I've never, anytime I've ever fired anybody, I've never hired them back. I'm done with them. You're the first guy. I'm going but he to felt, you if you he want felt so bad. He felt so bad for you. Hey, I was right. The guy was a bad worker. And, you know, I mean, it had to happen. So, anyhow, we went outside, but it didn't make it any better. Oh, I was hoping you did it inside. You know what I mean? Cups and ice cream oh, flying no. around. and The best part about that job when I worked at the Dairy Queen is when they made a mistake up front, he was a pretty hard guy to work for. Like, they ordered banana split, and you didn't want any caramel sauce, but they gave you caramel sauce. 
he would he would like slide it back through the door where the cooks were as you knew it was a mistake and then we got to eat it so yeah the perks you know that was in virginia i moved back to kentucky i worked in the tobacco fields again i uh worked in a restaurant then i delivered parts for international harvester and at the same time at night i worked in a liquor store which was introduced me to a whole nother world. I mean, I didn't hardly drink, but it was it was downtown San Francisco in a very expensive neighborhood, and it was a it was a trip. And then I worked at a gas station at night when that when I lost the liquor store job that went away just because I couldn't do the hours with my other job. I still delivered parts for the national, but then I worked at a gas station at night. And I kept that job until the police officer came by and he goes, "Look, you're it's not a matter of are you going to get robbed? You will get robbed. If you don't get robbed, you'll be the only guy that's ever worked that didn't get robbed." It was right off the right off the exit and right back on was that gas station. So you could rob it and get back on the highway. So I thought, you know what? I don't need the job that bad. Uh, from there, I got in the labor's union. I told you I worked at the sewage plant, whatever. I'd run a jackhammer all day. And then from there, I got into the carpenter's union. And then from there, I get into hardwood floors. That's a long road, man. Hey, Lion. That is a long road. Seven years old and working. What were you yep. making back then? Uh, it was a uh, tuppence sixpence. I don't even know what that translates to to anymore. Tuppence? But, uh, you, tup you sound, tup you sound, what you, you sound like Mary Poppins now. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a lot of money. I, I tell you what, it was not a lot of money. Um, okay, so Rob, we talk about healthy wood floors make us happy and healthy. Come on, let's face it. Wood floors are the most environmentally sustainability, sustainability, ah, sustainably friendly flooring option in the market today. <laughs> no matter what you're going to talk about, nothing is more of a friend to the environment than wood floors. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's honor in labor, right? At any job, whether you're a garbage man or, or, you're a baker or whatever kind of work you do, a laborer or, or you know, whatever. There's honor in labor. Um, I admire anybody that works hard and I don't care what they do for a living. Uh, but to be able to work in an industry that you're working with a sustainable product and you're, you're adding, you know, it's, it's great, good, honest work, right? I mean, you know, you're a craftsman, you're working with your hands and you're, you're building something, you're putting in something that'll be of service to for a long time. And you can feel good about what you're doing, right? I mean, that's one thing I, I really like about the trade is that we're, it's, it's and you look at the people in this industry, I've said it many times before and you have too, just really good, honest, hardworking people, right? I mean, you know, and you can feel good about what you do. Have you had the conversation though with some people about, oh my God, what is terrible? I've you, never, you, even you in just, California. You're just, you're just chopping down. Yeah, I've had it a couple of times in my life where, you know, oh, my God, you, all you're doing is chopping down deforestation and chopping it all up. It's terrible. And when you really start to look at what we do as, a, as an industry, as a, as a lumber industry, it's incredible how smart they were way back in the 19-teens about they started to harvest wood and that's what it is too it's not chopping wood down wood needs to be harvested after a tree grows for 40 60 years it needs to be harvested is that what it is 40 to 60 years 40 to 60 years that's what it takes for a hardwood 
for a flooring tree. You know, I think the 40 is probably on the pines and the 60 yeah. is probably on the maples. Yeah. Or the harder species and everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, we know we, you know, even in California, I didn't get a lot of people concerned about that. And that's a pretty easy argument. There's a lot of information out there now that talks about how sustainable our forestry is and, and how well it's managed. I mean, really, really well managed. You know, you say that it's an argument, you know what I mean? But now when I started doing research for this, I, uh, you know, first thing I did was give all this info to my kid. And I said, man, use this. You're going to be going up against carpet. You're going to be going up against the luxury vinyl plank. You're going to be going up against all sorts of stuff. This is an unbelievable story. Yeah. As far as sustainability and harvesting trees. You know, I mean, the greatest thing ever, I think that they saw way back when in the early 1900s, was for every tree they cut down, they planted two more. Yeah. Well, you talk about the environment, what's good for the environment. There's that side of the equation. The other side of the equation is I like what you said the other day, name off the chemicals that are in, in fact, it'd be great if the retail store had this section over here and just named off all the, the chemicals you named off that are in the other products. So you want to talk about sustainability and, and management and uh, the environment and sustainability. Well, you could have a real natural hardwood floor, or you could live in an environment that has, name off those chemicals, uh, Rob. Lead, dioxins, polychloride, chlorinated gas, all those good ones. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of choices for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, we do, they, they do a lot of planting for every time they take trees out, they're putting more trees back in and, um, uh, and that's the rule. I mean, that's the, the USD, the forest, uh, you yeah. know, in the American Forest Association. That's their rule. And it's been that way for, and you know, when you think about it too, like those polychloride floors have a lifetime of 10 years, lifespan of 10 years. Hardwood floors, 100. Have you seen it floors that are over 100 years old? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where I live here in, in, in New England and um, upstate New York, all the time, uh, you know, probably one a month we were doing, or, you know, in some of the areas that we worked in. I was there in were a, floors that lasted over 100 years. Yeah. And still going. I mean, we were sanding floors that were 100 years old. I, I, re, I, did, a, well, I, I did a tour in a historic home one time. I think it was in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, the curator, the lady that took us around on the tour, uh, she showed this is where the general's room was. And here was his desk. His, his desk is still was in that corner. There's a picture of him and that things. And the indentations on the, on the floor around there was from his sword. You know what I mean? That Wow. How, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you go in these old homes and you think about, you know, these floors. Who's walked on these floors? You know, look at Sprig Lynn that works in a White House. All the, the people that have walked across them, them floors, man. I mean, no, no, nothing tells a story like that. Exactly. We, we've always had a romance with, with, with hardwood floors in, in this country. I mean, you, you, you see them in movies and, you know, guys that are in this trade and gals are in this trade. You look at the different grain patterns on floors and you always want to reach out and feel the texture of them. And when the light hits them a certain way and shines on them or herringbone floors that, you know, just because the different changes in direction of the grain have a different look to them. 
I mean, they, that, that will never, never, never go out of business, uh, go out of style rather. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is not doing his famous sliding his socks and underwear on a luxury vinyl plank floor. No, that's not happening. No more class than that. Exactly. It's not going to happen. You talk about how many trees we have in this country. Have you ever get you ever get lost in the in the woods, lost in the forest? Only when I'm working with you. <laughs> I got lost in the woods one time, and it's a good reason. You it's it's good that you don't make rash decisions. You know, in a panic, that you have more time to think things out. Because if I could have clear cut that whole forest at that time, I would have done it. <laughs> get out of there. And then I was only like six minutes in until I realized, okay, I'm lost. And uh, you talk about panic sitting in. Luckily, about 10 minutes later, I found a 7-Eleven and I got a 28-ounce Slurpee to calm myself down. But There you go. Yeah. I, the, 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 the sound of the highway traffic got me to where, my, where I needed to go. I have, I have such a bad sense of direction that I went hunting up in Idaho with some guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm hunting on a hillside and we're glassing the other side, right? We have our binoculars looking on the other mountain that we're adjacent to. Now... To get to that other mountain, there's you got to go down this huge valley, which is a valley, but it's trees. It's a forest, right? But then you will come up the other side. And after my buddy and I were hunting about 11 o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning, I said, you know what, man? We haven't seen anything. I said, I'll go down and I'll come up the other side. This is in Idaho. And uh, so the, the real mountains. I said, and I'll come up the other side and maybe I'll flush a deer out, right? And you'll get a shot. He goes, okay. So I leave him. I go down. I go down into this, 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 you know, down into this forest, you know, and I start climbing up and climbing up and up and up. And I'm finally, I get up to the top and it clears again. I get out my binoculars and I'm looking on what I think is the other side of the mountain. I'm looking for my partner, right? I'm looking, 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 and I don't see him. I go, what, what's the matter with him, man? I mean, what, how come he just didn't stay there? So I started glassing on the same side of the hill that I'm on. And I see my, my partner way down there, 200 yards down there, and he's sitting down. And I, I have my glasses on him and he's sitting there and he's looking at me. I walk over to him and I go, what the hell did you do? How come he didn't just stay here? He goes, oh my God. He goes, you are standing right now where you started. He goes, you went down there, must have got turned around and came right back up the same hill. He said, when we get done today, I'm going to, I'm going to go down and we'll go down to the town and introduce you to the uh, search and rescue team. So you should buy him some donuts. Did they call? No, huh? Did they call search and rescue for you? No, no, no I'm kidding. I, it, when I when I got, he said when we get done hunting, he'll go introduce me to him, to search and rescue people. No, uh, so I got zero sense of direction. Oh, uh, something happened to me like that. It wasn't out in the woods, but I had my uh, we were Pauline and I were living in New Hampshire. I had my boat and I was in the Penobscot River, and we were I had a, a I was using a marina in Hampton Beach. And Penobscot River to Hampton Beach is less than 10 miles in the water, right? No brainer. So I said, well, I'm gonna go down and you know take the boat out of the river, run it down the shore, you know, run it down the coastline, it's only 10 miles. And she goes, well, I can't go with you, I have the baby, you know, we'll go tomorrow. I go, no, I'll be fine, don't worry about it. This whole thing should have taken about an hour. As soon as I, and I'm thinking, you know, it's easy. You, you run out to the river, you find your first buoy, you take a right, and you just start going. 
fog sets in. And I mean, fog rolled in really quick, like from out of nowhere. It wasn't bad weather or anything like that, but fog rolls in crazy. Five hours, oh. I'm gone. Pauline is calling. There was no, I didn't have a cell phone. Pauline's calling the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard's trying to hail me on my radio. My oh. radio isn't on for some reason. I'm listening to music. And I keep coming up to, this is like buoy 17. You know, I go, okay, there I am, buoy 17. I'm thinking, why are all these buoys marked 17? You would think that, and so I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, this is the 17 line or something, you know, because I'm the captain of a ship now. I know all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just kept, sur- and I'm following my compass too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All I got to do is head east in the river and then head south. Once I hit the buoy, just head south. I went around the same exact buoy for about four hours. When the fog lifted, it was like I hadn't gone a quarter of a mile from where I had started. Thank God uh, the fog lifted. You remind me, I was Pauline didn't talk to me for weeks. She thought (laughs) she thought I was a dead man because it is a rough. That little area of the coast can get really rough. You know, lobster guys always going down. And, oh, she thought, you know, she was looking for the life insurance policy that day. My my brother uh, has an 18-foot Boston whaler, which is a small boat, right? And he goes out under the Golden Gate Bridge and and fishes for salmon. Wait, you know, past Golden Gate Bridge. He always asked me to go with him, and I I always don't want to go because that that boat scares me to death out there on that that. Yeah, that ocean. And um, we go out one time and it's foggy as can be. The fog is everywhere. And um, you can't see 10 feet in front of you. That's so a scary feeling, man. It's a, Well, here's how scary it got. Um, pretty soon, we, we, you saw a wall go by us, a ship of green. <laughs> I mean, it's like six stories high. And it goes right, that's right, right in front of us. We were in the shipping lane and he, he didn't realize it. Um, and I, I said, dude, the last time, I mean, the last time uh, I'll ever fish with you. So yeah, it can be scary, man. Well, the thing, the weird part about fog is how fast it comes in. I mean, I left and it was a sunny day. It was yeah. beautiful. And yeah. in literally 20 minutes, you couldn't see in front, you couldn't see 10 feet in front of the boat. That's how all those, uh, all those shows start on TV. Uh, when they left on June 6th, the weather said it was going to be fine. When they, because they only they only brought light jackets and no and snacks, and they're out there for six weeks, stranded and lost. Yeah, so Mother Nature, man. But thankfully, Mother Nature gives us all these beautiful trees, Rob. Beautiful trees, man. Uh, hey, uh, do you know what the USDA said? The USDA says that we grow more wood than we use. I know every tree harvested, we plant two, and that's dating back to the early 1900s. There's more standing timber in the U.S. today than there has been in the last 50 years. Think about that one. That's pretty incredible. Think about that. And the reason that we have more trees now than the last 50 years is because of responsible forestry management, long-term sustainability practices. Everybody gets it. That's what's awesome about the wood floor business. Yeah. You know, even one of our own guys, 
one of our own guys that we've done schools with and everybody knows him, an NWFA instructor, Mike Dittmer of Dittmer Hardwood Flooring in Pittman, Illinois. He operates two FSC certified tree farms. He's part of the solution. Wow. I think that's so cool too, that he is one of the guys who uses hardwood floors, but he's one of the few guys that also grows his own. Wow, that's pretty and, cool. And harvests wood. Well, and you can talk a guy about a guy too, like Gary Horvath with uh, Real Antique Wood Floors. People might reckon, remember, I mean, he tears down old barns and structures and stuff like that and turns them into hardwood floors, repurposes them, right? In fact, if you don't know the name Gar Gary Hor Horvath, uh, you might, you probably do know of him because of his floor of the year. He's, he's the one that did the stairs that, that the green matches all the way down the stairs and risers. Oh, I do. I do remember seeing that. Of course. All you, all you have to do is say that and people remember who he that, was. That was, uh, that was something. Do you know something? Do you know that that, that floor on Facebook got 1.95 million hits? It's probably over 2 million right now. You talk about a game changer of a floor. Do you think there's ever been a hardwood floor that ever got even close to that? I mean, that he left his mark on the industry right there, man. Yeah, I think it's probably the most viewed floor of the year of all time. Uh, but I'll tell you a funny story about that. I was talking to him. He said he was driving down the road once and he saw that his floor on somebody else's van. And he goes, you know, he just kind of fall a little bit and the guy pulled into a gas station. He, he pulled in behind him and he goes, he goes, hey, that floor in your van. He goes, did you do that? He goes, yeah, yeah, my, my, one of my jobs. He goes, no, no, you didn't. I did that. That's my floor. I did that. The guy goes, no, no, that's, that's mine. He goes, no, I'm telling you, I did that floor. That's mine. I, that's my, he goes, well, we sanded it. He goes, no, no, I installed it. I, I did the whole job, installed it, sanded, finished it. So uh, it's pretty funny that uh, it, it reminded me of, um, do you remember the, do you, do you remember the band Steppenwolf? Yeah. And be imposters. Uh, <laughs> there was a there was a, about six different bands traveling around the country under the name Steppenwolf. Because back then, you know, they didn't have social media and the bands didn't, uh, you know, sometimes the record album didn't have the guys on the front. You didn't know who was who. So it was common for other bands to go around under the name of of um, of different bands, even though they weren't the uh, the original band. Um, there's a basis for the Eagles, Randy Meisner. People might know that there was a there was a guy that impersonated him forever. It would get him into parties. Like he'd go to guitar companies, they would give him super expensive guitars. Uh, obviously, I mean, he, he probably met a few few women through this. He'd go to casinos, he'd get money through that. I mean, he, you know, he had, he lived the life being the impersonator of one of the Eagles. <laughs> so there's imposters out there, man. You got to be careful. You know, uh, you say that you saw that guy said he saw a picture of his floor on another guy's van. Yeah. Uh, when I left the family business and started my uh, on my own, uh, I moved from Boston or I moved from New Hampshire back to uh, the Albany area. So uh, my partner and I, we started our business. So, of course, we're, you know, we get into the yellow pages. Yeah. And there's no social media back in the 80s. Well, there maybe there was, but I don't know. So I'm sitting there with the yellow, the yellow page sales guy. And he goes, uh, okay, so we got all the info. He goes, do you want to put a picture in there or something? And I just start flipping through and I go, yeah, the, the picture of this guy, you know, running a drum sander. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a 
a photograph picture. You know, it was like a, you know what I mean? A drawing. Yeah, I, I've seen those. I've seen it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Thousands of them. So months later, the phone book finally comes out and there's our ad, you know, RJ Associates. There's the floor guy and everything, four generations. Well, I get a call. Probably, uh, probably a week after the thing comes out. And the guy says, uh, can I speak to Rob Johnson? I go, uh, you know, this, this is Rob speaking. He goes, uh, can you give me your lawyer's phone number? I need your lawyer's phone number name. <laughs> That's not like, a good call. I'm like, what? He goes, your lawyer. I need your lawyer's name. And I go, why do you need my lawyer's number? He goes, because um, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> so I, I say, you know, who am I talking to? He goes, this is Jerry Kern from J.J. Kern. And that picture, and J.J. Kern's a big, huge commercial sport guy in the Albany area, works all over the Northeast. He goes, uh, you know, I paid $5,000. That's a portrait of me. <laughs> and I paid, he goes, so, you know, we're going to take you to court and everything. And then he says, and who the hell are you? I've never heard of you. Where do you get off saying you're fourth generation? So I give him the whole story, okay? And I and the whole time I am just you know what in myself, right? Yeah. I'm a new business and young kid, and and this guy is, and anybody who knows Jerry Curran, he's an awesome guy. He is the Albany, New York version of Tony Soprano. He's a big, scary dude, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell him that, you know, end up saying, you know, I do, you know, family business, bowling alleys, fourth generation from Boston, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, I never really did bowling alleys. He goes, uh, tell you what, meet me for breakfast tomorrow morning. I want to talk to you more. We're lifelong friends since then. Is that we right? Still talk yeah, still talk. <laughs> we went to breakfast. He loved my story, loved the background and everything. Paid for breakfast. And he started throwing work to me. He says, you know, I don't need, I, I'm not doing a lot of residential. He goes, I'll throw you my little, I'll throw you my little crap jobs, you know. <laughs> and that's just how he talked. He was awesome. One of my favorite guys in the world. And, uh, but like I said, for a while there, I thought I am a dead man. Tony Soprano was going to take me to court here. And like I said, we ended up being lifelong friends. And, uh, but he actually helped us get our start. Like he was throwing us the little jobs that he didn't want. No kidding. Yeah. All from uh, all well, from stealing his picture. So you're, there's a lot of people that made a living off of imposters, like the Elvis Presley uh, impersonators, man. So you know, there's a, there's a, it can be good, right? Absolutely. I was in the Detroit airport one time and I saw this crowd around, crowd of people around this guy getting autographs. So I'm you know kind of nosing in. I look and I go, man, does Rod Stewart, man, he's looking old. Rod. <laughs> It's amazing what makeup and uh, airbrushing does for people. And everybody's coming up. It wasn't Rod Stewart. It was a Rod Stewart lookalike. Wow. wow. And people were getting. Yep. So I always just kind of thought that was funny that uh, he's not Rod Stewart. He's just a guy that looks yeah. like Rod Stewart. And and does Rod Stewart, you know, I guess he's a, he was a singer or something. Probably Rod Stewart songs. Yeah. Well, what's but the... people were asking for his autograph. There's a, there's a guy, you know, Pete Townsend from The Who. Yes. There's a guy that was uh, online impersonating him on all kinds of different sites and everything. 
And Pete Townsend went on there and, and, and he goes, the guy does a better job than I do. <laughs> he was okay with it. And uh, there was a, real quick, there was a band in the 60s called Larry Ray and the Red Tops. And um, they were playing at a, at a small gig one time and, and people walked in and uh, they asked them if they were the Rolling Stones. And they said, why, yes, yes, we are. And got their autographs and everybody picked a, you know, Rolling Stone, gave them the autographs, took pictures with them and everything. And uh, their manager from that day on changed the name of the band to the Great Imposters. And they went on and had a huge career as opening acts for a lot of different other people. So when people come up to me in the airport and say, Mr. Clooney, can I get a picture? I never say no. Yeah. You don't want to disappoint. I never say no. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, you, you, trees take in carbon dioxide, right? During growth and produce oxygen. More so trees, better air quality. Yep. How's that? How's that for making it simple? We have more trees now than we had 50 years ago. More trees mean better air quality. So when yeah. you're buying hardwood floors, you are actually making air better. How's that? Well, we are cutting the trees down, though. Remember, Wayne, and all the other hardwood floor people out there, we don't cut down trees. We harvest trees. There you we go. Harvest trees. Oxygen is pretty It's like important. in the bowling business. You don't throw a gutter ball. You don't replace the gutters. Those pins aren't in the gutter. We call it a channel. Ah, okay. It's a channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you see what's happened to bowling, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it went in the channel. It's not a bowling alley. It's a bowling lane. <laughs> it's not a gutter. It's a channel. Still didn't Just help that industry. Too little, too late, brother. Yep, yep. Too little, too late. Oxygen is pretty important, Rob. You ever been in a situation when you when you when you didn't have any oxygen? Yes. Actually, my father saved my life when I ran out of oxygen one time. Uh, I was swimming out at a lake and uh he was on the dock and I cramped up. My legs cramped up and I sunk like a stone. And somebody said, Has anybody seen Robbie? <laughs> And uh, he reached in and pulled me up. I was down for the count. Yes, so I have had that uh, lack of oxygen type thing. Yeah, you take things for granted until you don't have them. I was, uh, I was a friend of mine came to visit in, uh, we were in California and, and he was from Kentucky. He came to visit and uh, we were eating a steak. And <clears throat> never before or since, I started choking on a piece of steak and could not breathe. I was done. I mean, it just went from a normal... I mean, I was in my late 20s, whatever, just talking, eating, all of a sudden, done. There's zero oxygen coming in and zero coming out. And I, and I just stood up and I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to grab my throat and everything. And eventually, um, uh, between him and uh, my wife, pound beating the hell out of me, uh, I, I, it came out, but scared me to death. I mean, just right out of the blue, never had anything like that happen to me. So, yeah, oxygen is pretty important. Oxygen is important. We yeah. talked about some some things that floor guys are doing. You also have to to, to uh, give a shout out to uh, Arbor Zen Floors with Grayson Deal, who every every time I, they do a floor, they uh, they plant twenty five trees. I I love that. You know, I mean, we talk so many times about having some having a little niche to your company, right? And now with everything being so green and everybody talking about the environment and everything, 
and him planting 25 trees per job is an amazing niche. Plus, I, I mean, what a great way to get your name out there in the community. Yeah. And people are going to sell for you because you're the guy who for every job I do, I plant 25 trees. That's well, just incredible. I, I think also that, you know, c customers do want the sustainability, right? They, they want to, you know, make good choices, but they also like to know that the company that they're dealing with makes good choices in their business. So things like that, cutting down on paper and stuff like that, all those things kind of. Absolutely. Kind of people, people want to work with people who are involved in the community. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rob. Hold on a second. Hold on. Yeah. Go ahead. Who's your uh, Who's your grandson there? We got Jackie boy here. Hey, Jackie. How you doing, buddy? Say hi, Wayne. Hi. How old are you? How old are you? I'm three. You're three? Yeah. You're, you're a big boy. Yeah. Can, can he say stay tuned for another episode? What? Can you say stay tuned for another episode? Say it. Stay tuned. Say stay tuned, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Good boy. There you go. <laughs> this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>